In the spirit of reconciliation, we would like to acknowledge that Sister Luna podcast is recorded on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, which include the Siksika, Kainai, and Pikani Nations, the Satina, the Ayashe Nakoda Nations, and Metis Nation Region 3. All people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. You're listening to the Sister Luna Podcast. I'm Madeline Rose, your host, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host. John. John. Do I, do I typically get a last name on this? John Fowler. I wasn't really sure if you wanted your last name tied to what we do here. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm union, baby. Yeah. What if you decide you want to, like mess with the system and you try to run for office or something no no yuck no you don't want to like fart all over it from the inside there's nothing that i say on this that i would be like unwilling to have associated with my name you're making a face are you serious wait (laughs) i don't say anything bad do you listen to this podcast no Why would I listen to my own podcast? That's insane. I know. But it feels like I'm like a football player and I'm watching tape of old games. Okay. I'm like going, Maddie, don't don't, don't say that. Don't Mm. be like that. You got the marker. Xing out things. And And I'm thinking, make a mental note. Tell John not to bump into the table during recording. It's now that we recorded with your mom and had her, like, scooting her chair halfway across the room. Okay, now you appreciate it? Absolutely, yes. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, it's a special thing today. That's the bad thing that I do? That's the thing that you're worried about being associated with my name and bumping the table? No. No. All the times that I've said you're going to get canceled or you're trying to get the podcast canceled... See, now you just did it again. You click the tab on your pop. Totally unnecessarily. Like, it's already open, and you're just making noise over there. Don't tell people I drink pop. Man juice. (laughs) You clicked the tab on your man juice. Yes, sparkling Mm. water is much more manly than pop. Well, no, like... They want people thinking I took pop while podcasting as like a performance enhancer. It has been four years today since John and my first date. 48 months. We're going to get married. (laughs) Am I sure? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll see if we make it to 49. (laughs) Why do you measure it in months, you weirdo? Because then we can celebrate it more often. Like, we've never celebrated a number of months. You haven't. <laughs> Whereas for me, every day with you is a celebration. I need to put a sound effect in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the 26th of May this year, there shall be a super blood moon in Sagittarius. <laughs> Super Blood Moon in Sagittarius. Yes. Can picture that in video game font. 
Basically, a supermoon is only a supermoon because it's a little bit closer to the Earth, so it looks slightly bigger. How does it get closer to the Earth? It's the moon. <laughs> Orbits are elliptical, dude. Okay. <laughs> well, I thought that one was a circle. No. I understand. Okay. What? <laughs> Wait, no. That doesn't make sense. What do you mean it doesn't make sense? Right. Never mind. Carry on. I think Copernicus already figured this out. We don't need to, like, litigate it. I will believe you that the moon gets closer. Okay, excellent. We've established the first fact in this podcast. And it's um, nine minutes in. Nine Mm -hmm. and a half. Okay. (laughs) What kind of cheese is it made out of? What was the cheese you put into the sandwich? Uh, Swiss. Swiss cheese. Mm. No, you don't like that? You're not a Swiss cheese pervert? I don't like the idea of giving the Swiss anything. Why? They're cowards. What? How are you going to stay neutral during World War II? Cowards. Um, Because you would have been out there in the trenches during World War II. Well, there weren't really trenches in World War II. That was more of a World War I thing. And yeah, I certainly wouldn't have been in the trenches in World War I. That was a stupid war. Okay, so you would have been out in the battlefield getting shot by Nazis in World War II? I mean, how old am I here? 33? Hmm, maybe. Maybe I was already over there because I was volunteering in the Spanish Civil War. I have a hard time picturing you as a soldier, I'm not going to lie. Why? What do you mean, why? Because you're a totally non-confrontational person, anti-violence. I mean, I'll confront a Nazi. Will you? Yeah. When? I have. When? At, like, City Hall. Oh, at a rally. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the same, but... It's definitely not the same. Yeah. It's an indicator, you know? Mm. Who do you think is more likely to physically assault a Nazi? You or me? You. Because you're smaller and you can get away with it. I'm too large target. People keep their eye on me. Are you kidding me? You should be able to win the fight way easier than me. You have the reach advantage on every person. It's not about winning the fight. It's about getting away after. Why? So you don't get arrested. I'll get arrested for punching a Nazi. That's a good reason to get arrested. It's a good reason to get arrested, but I'm still getting arrested. I don't want to do that. It's not fun. Uh, Punching a Nazi is worth it, I think. True. It's always make it fun. And that's why we can't give Switzerland the moon. Right. Okay. The moon is not made of cheese. Okay. It's a rock. Why did Wallace and Gromit go up there? Because they're cartoon. Checks out. Okay, so the full lunar eclipse occurs at 4 degrees Sagittarius. And I don't actually know anything about astrology, but when you say how many degrees it is, it sounds like you do. Mm, Smart. Mm -hmm. Wait, so that's why it's a blood moon, not an eclipse. Yes. So what moon is it? Flower, I think. Hmm. I think it has, like, a whole bunch of different names, though, too. Uh. Flower. I was correct. So it's a super blood flower moon. Yeah, or hair. 
Hair moon or milk moon? Do you think it's a hair moon because the hairs be fucking in May? Absolutely. Mm, 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 mm. Did I tell you I saw some robins fucking in our apple tree? No. Nice. It was crazy. Like I just walked outside casually, like standing on my back deck and I glance over at the tree and I'm like, what are those robins doing? Oh my God, <laughs> one's on top. Oh my God, they're... And the like, boy robin on top had... When, by the time I looked over, he just had like one last like, <gasps> and then he flew off. And then the girl Robin was on there on the branch for a second. And then she went, <laughs> and, like, shook out of her feathers. I guess she was the early bird. Ew. <laughs> John, you're so gross. Took you a couple seconds. It's because I don't want to believe it. <laughs> but no, that's nice. It's sign of spring. It sure is. Hmm. Usually the sign of spring is just to see a robin, not to like catch a robin during a sex act. <laughs> no, it's way more spring-like though. It is. Everybody's got the spring fever hornies this year, hmm. including the robins. I'm just eager to get back out there. Yeah. And sitting at home in their masks. <laughs> Little robin wearing a mask. That's yeah. cute. Tweet. So. Just been stuck in a cave with a big bat. What? Robin? Oh. The bird wonder? That one always wears a mask, though. It's true, but on the wrong part of his face. Hmm. What does the full moon represent? What is it associated with? Werewolves. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, Wait. yes, but that's not. <laughs> mm, the full moon? Yes. Uh, Magic. You sound like you're trying to write a like a book report on a book you didn't read. <laughs> <laughs> How's that any different from any other podcast episode? It's not. Yeah. Because that is what you do. Right. Okay. So it's the completion of a cycle. The moon okay. started out new and then it waxed and waxed until it became full. Okay, both of my answers were also right. I just didn't get the right prompt. You're madder than usual at me in this one. Well, you're being extra annoying. Okay. I'm not trying to, honestly. Okay, so completion of a cycle and eclipse are also associated with change, shaking up the situation, Hmm. marking the dawn of a new era. Eclipse does that? I mean, change, so Hmm. eclipse is associated with. Right. So, it's in Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is the archer. And so, it's all about cutting to the truth of a situation and slicing through illusion and, like, lies to get to the heart of Hmm. a situation. Okay. So, all these things together, cutting to the core of situation going through the illusion to like the actual truth expansion seeing beyond limiting beliefs and change the completion of a cycle do you know what i'm going to do for the full moon for the what is it blood flower super blood flower moon in sagittarius eclipse Oh, yeah, blood is the eclipse part. Yeah. Flower, blood, sag. Super. Super. Super sag, flower blood. 
Because it came out on the Super Nintendo. Nintendo 64! No, not that one. <laughs> it's the one in a couple of years. Do you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to shed my skin like a snake and then slither around all smooth and shiny. Mm. <laughs> I love the sexy slither of a lady snake. <laughs> what is that from? Simpsons. Oh. It's like early Simpsons. It's the Whacking Bay episode. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the pagan, or like, maybe it's Wiccan actually, ritual of draw. I almost just told you. <laughs> A ritual that people do around the moon that's like a big one. Um. No, I like I, I typically when we've done rituals around the moon, it would around a full moon, it would involve a fire. Yeah, we haven't done this ritual. Okay, um, then I do not know. Drawing down the moon. Oh, it sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. That's because it's very like well known. Mm. And that's why it's on an on ellipsis. What? Because people have been drawing it down for so long. That joke was so funny that I yawned. Doesn't it feel like we've had more supermoons, like, recently than... Like, I feel like it only became a thing in the last few years. Maybe the moon is about to crash into the Earth. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Science, please get on this. <laughs> Seems like a problem. Space.com. Hmm. Help. <laughs> That's where all the space scientists are. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, don't you think? Well, now that I know that Wallace and Gromit is a cartoon. What? <laughs> so, one time when I was a young, eager witch, not that I'm not eager now, but when I was more like just hands in all the paint, like seeing what I could do or whatever. I did a solitary drawing down the moon ritual, which I can't remember if I used a chalice or my cauldron now that mm. I think about it, but I used one of those and basically, I mean, I cast a circle for sure before I started and then, I mean, I had my intention. I'm sure I had read about it in a book or two and I basically like lifted the chalice or the the vessel up toward the moon and like it's all done in a kind of like half meditative state because you need to be very strongly visualizing but also like being open to what you're receiving at mm-hmm. the same time but without like totally being not like you can't be like laying down you know what i'm saying right <sighs> anyways so that's the that's kind of the general outline of the ritual is. Well, yeah, I mean, like a lot of them are li- like raise the vessel like a silver chalice, ideally, to the moon, and like envision it filling up with the moon's light sometimes or whatever, like connecting with the moon in some way, and then you draw the chalice down to your. Well, if you're like if you have a uterus and you're performing it, they usually say like draw it down to your like womb. Hmm. 
But I think sometimes people do it to their heart. And then you visual, or like your navel, I guess, too. And then you are to visualize a silver thread, like reaching between you and the moon, like as if it's your umbilical cord, basically. And then you are like connecting with the moon energy, the lunar energy, and then a lunar deity may appear to you or may like aspect into your body to speak to the coven which is usually the purpose of that ritual Hmm. like usually it's done in a coven setting with that intention right like it's very kind of illusion mysteries-esque illusion yeah it's that's the cult of like Demeter and Persephone and um not Hecate. I don't think it's Hecate, no. Hmm. Oh, it's just Demeter and Persephone. Okay. But neither of them nor Selene, who is actually the Greek like moon goddess. She is the moon. Hmm. No. The moon is goddess. It is known. Hmm. No. So, but the one who came to me was Hecate. Hmm. And I didn't know that it was going to work, you know? And so when that happened, I was like, oh my God, this is really happening. Oh my God. The attitude that she had that I remember was kind of like, okay, like stop groveling. I'm here. What are we doing? (laughs) Like, what do you want? (laughs) Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, the goddess. Like she's here. I can't believe it. She's like, like, came to me and I'm all by myself. I don't even have a coven. Like, she just came for just for me. And she was like, okay, like, mm. let's go. <laughs> Stop bowing and, like, let's mm. get to work. Like, why do you want? Why do you want here? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think that kind of goes to speak to, like, the way that a lot of people who are on these, like, witchcrafty alternative spiritual paths view their deities is not like someone who you kneel and like pray to all the time well i mean Mm. some people do that but it's a lot of times it's more so like i'm working with like in in tandem with these deities to achieve a common goal of some type right yeah it's less worship and more like cooperation. Yeah, I feel like you have a couple of regulars in your roster, but I do. Um, you're not a. You don't have anyone fully signed. <laughs> um, my I actually described this before, like on uh, a Facebook post on one of these like groups, because a lot, a lot of time people who are new to the craft will join a bunch of groups and then just like ask people hmm. what they should do, basically. And someone posted, how do they choose which pantheon they want to worship? Mm. And I said, my pantheon is like fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have like deities from different pantheons that I work with. Yeah, that was basically the joke that I was just making. But Mm. that's real. It's real. Mm. I was just thinking about the Jonathan Frakes. It's real. That happened. I don't know who that is, but... Riker. Oh. Wait, what? Those videos that... Oh, the YouTube video where it's like... Jonathan Frakes interrogates you for five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) But there's one where he's just like... He's assuring you. He's saying like, you're right. Aren't you smart? (laughs) That's right. 
<laughs> Why didn't you show me that one? That's the one I want to watch. All right. We'll add some of it right here. Because <laughs> you can add the audio in after. <laughs> Just like steal audio from Unsolved Mysteries or whatever fucking show that is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not stealing. It's it's remixing. That's true. Yeah. You're DJing. Apparently you're porno DJing. (laughs) Goddess of magic, witchcraft, the night, moon, ghosts, and a necromancy. And the crossroads. Well, that's where she was said to hang out. Mm. So that's where people would give, like, put her offerings to her. Right. That's the part, as I was reading before this, was jumping out to me is is the association with crossroads and with liminal spaces and um, being, like, a bridge from, like, between different planes. Mm-hmm. She's often referred to in, like, modern literature as the goddess who guards the gates. Mm-hmm. Like the gates to hell. Well, Hades, I guess. Right. Yeah. And that's also why she's depicted with keys a lot of times. Mm. That's why when I dressed up as her for Halloween, I wore those big keys. On right. My outfit. Yeah. Her parentage is somewhat contested. Different writings claim she has many different parents, including Zeus and Demeter and like all kinds of people. However, the strongest argument seems to be made for. Persis and Asteria, which makes her a titan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I don't know. That was all, like, very interesting. Like, a lot of disputes as to her, like, parentage, but also, like, her origin may not have been, um, like... Her creation might not have been the same group of people that kind of created the rest of the Greek pantheon. Um, and there's like evidence to suggest that even her name, Hecate, was bor- was borrowed from like Egyptian. Hmm. And that's why she she has kind of this weird outsider role or like isn't as commonly associated with, with you know, Zeus and such because in a lot of ways... Especially if she is a titan, she may be more powerful than that pantheon. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I was reading was saying that, like, basically because she was so powerful, she becomes um, confused with or, like, conflated with a lot of other deities. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, well, is she, like, the same as Persephone or is she the same as Demeter or is she the same as, like, this other person? And it's like, well, no, but she, like... She has so many different powers and she's so powerful overall that, you know, she has the same power as a bunch of other goddesses or gods that they only have that one power and she has like a whole bunch, basically. Mm-hmm. She is from the time of the Titans, so before like the Olympians. Right. Yes. And because of that, she ruled in heaven, on the earth, and in the sea. And she bestowed on mortals wealth, victory, wisdom, good luck to sailors and hunters, 
and prosperity to youth and to flocks of cattle. But at the same time, all these blessings might be withheld by her if she felt the mortals did not deserve them. (laughs) (laughs) Which kind of explains her being like, okay, what do you want? Like, (laughs) mortal, get on with it. I was like, I'm 16, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Um... She was the only one among the Titans who retained this power under the rule of Zeus. And she Mm. was honored by all the immortal gods. Mm. Mm. Oh, and also, call back to our, not our previous episode, because that one is the spring meditation. But before that, our last like regular episode with my mom Mm. on it, where I talked about the story of Persephone being abducted and Demeter like looking for her. Yep. Hecate helped her search. Oh. And she that's how she ended up in the underworld in the first place and like became this goddess that like stands between worlds. Hecate did. Well, I guess that's not how she became that because it said that she ruled over all these places already before, mm-hmm. but it's like one of the first myth that attributes that to her. And also why she's depicted holding torches, which is also why I had a torch and people thought I was Lady Liberty. <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> there was like one girl who... Literally um, one girl who was dressed as Bast. Like she's right. also dressed as a goddess. Yeah. And she saw you dressed as Hearn. And she saw me, like, looking around for you, and I couldn't find you. And I'm like, come on, he's six and a half feet tall, and he's wearing a foot of antlers on his head. Like, why can't I see him? (laughs) And then uh, she was like, Hecate! I was like, what? (laughs) Spun around. And she's like, are you looking for her? And I'm like, what? (laughs) Who are you? And then I looked at her costume, and I was like, wait, are you best? (laughs) It was a great moment. Yeah. Yeah. One person knew who I was, and everybody else thought I was Lady Liberty, which is upsetting. Anyways. (laughs) Who is that, even? Right? Oh, yeah. So, okay. Hecate goes into Hades to look for Persephone, and she finds her. And then Hecate decides to stay with her as her attendant and companion. She thus becomes a deity of the lower world. (laughs) So, that's what I was getting at earlier. She ends up hanging around near Hades or in Hades or like around there because she just like becomes friends with Persephone. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's strange the, I don't know, I feel like the the whole between the Olympians and the Titans, there's a, a very large range in powers and like pretty wide gulf. Like that seems strange. somehow like beneath her station but also not i think um as we'll as we progress you'll see that it might be beneath her station or not necessarily utilizing all of her ability but it tracks with her like personality okay so um she's described in the greek tragedies as mighty and formidable ruling over the souls of the departed. And she's also the goddess of purifications and um, expiations. And she's accompanied by Stygian dogs. What is a Stygian dog? Hellhounds. Oh, cool. 
Yes. Right? Like Isn't that so cool? Yeah. She was depicted like having a black dog. Hmm. And there's a... Yes. And there is a story behind that. It was like somebody... A queen? I think it's like some queen gets turned into a dog. Mm. And Hecate's like, cool. Be my dog. <laughs> So now I kind of want a black dog. Why did the queen get turned into a dog? Was she a bitch? Perhaps. She was by the end. Do we know any black dogs? Mm, Rue? Yep. Hi, Rue. (laughs) Um, So she also had a polecat, (laughs) which was either the witch Gale turned as punishment for her, and this is what it said, incontinence, (laughs) (laughs) or... The fuck? That's not her fault. Right? Galinthius, the midwife of Alchemina, who was transformed by the enraged goddess Elithia, but adopted by the sympathetic Hecate. Hmm. So it seems like people were getting turned into animals, and Hecate was like, okay, you can hang out with me. You'd think she'd be able to switch him back. Yeah. She really cared. Want to see a picture of a polecat? Yeah. Uh, Aww. <laughs> Very cute. cute. Yeah. And then this shows you like how big it is. Bigger than a stoat, but smaller than a beech marten. Okay. <laughs> now I can picture it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Hecate's name also supposedly means worker from afar. Hmm. And I was like, huh. Purification, worker from afar, just kind of reminds me of doing distance Reiki a little. Oh. She was regarded as a spectral being Hmm. who, at night, sent from the lower world all kinds of demons and terrible phantoms who taught sorcery and witchcraft. Just for fun. Who dwelt at places where two roads crossed each other. Yeah. On tombs and near the blood of murdered persons. Hmm. Or I guess we know that some of them also played the fiddle. Yes. She herself, too, wanders about with the souls of the dead, and her approach is announced by the whining and howling of dogs. Hmm. That's unfortunate. Why? Hmm. Never get any peace and quiet. Just walking everywhere as dogs are howling? No thanks. (laughs) Small statues are symbolic representations of Hecate were very numerous, especially in Athens, where they stood before or in houses and on spots where two roads crossed each other, and it would seem that people consulted such Hecatean, Hecatea as oracles. That's kind of a fixation of a lot of different like religions. and Oracle? I mean, specifically the crossroads. Oh, yeah. And, like, I... Would think that she predates pretty much any other, like, incarnation of that. And so, did she inspire the other ones? Or are those different manifestations of her? Yeah, maybe. Like the, uh, I mean, I just referenced one, the devil went down to Georgia. That's at the crossroads. The 
the Faustian story is also about like like he summons Mephistopheles at the crossroads. Mm. Um, Maybe sorry. they were just correct when they said that the crossroads is where like the spirits are hanging out, waiting to teach you how to do magic and shit. And so then that's where like lots of stories about spirits happen mm-hmm. take place. So are all those spirits? Are they all her? Is what I'm asking. Oh well, I think it's implied that she would be there, but that there are other spirits as well. Mm. It would be well. It said she would unleash phantoms and demons who would teach sorcery and witchcraft, and they there you would go. dwell at the crossroads. Just like she's like doing a staff meeting <laughs> before, like on um, October like 30th or 29th. It's like, okay, staff meeting, everybody. You're going to the crossroads in Athens. You're going to the crossroads in New Orleans. You're going to the crossroads, like, <laughs> over here. <laughs> everybody That's... got their stations? Okay, great. Go. Let's teach some witchcraft. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, like, New Orleans is another good example because it, that's... Um, mm-hmm. Crossroads is a big thing in, in hoodoo and voodoo as well. I know. That's why I brought it up. Uh, <laughs> right. You do the research. Yeah. Got it. Also, I consume a lot of like media around witchcraft and stuff like that. It gets mentioned mm-hmm. quite often. Sacrifices to her. So if you want to leave her a sacrifice at the crossroads are traditionally honey. Mm. You're not going to like the next two. Okay. Black female lambs and okay. dogs. Do you have, can they be alive? I guess. You're just going to leave a lamb there? Bye. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could. Mm. Because she's honored by people leaving offerings of food out at the crossroads. Like, they used to do it every month, supposedly, in Greece, at the end of the month. And then poor people would come and eat that food that you left. Okay. For her. Right. And so she was like the, she's kind of like the goddess of like people who have been rejected by society mm. or like who are like having a hard time or whatever, you know? Right. Which is kind of what I was getting at earlier when I said that it may not be using all of her abilities to like hang out at the crossroads between the living and the dead with Persephone, but it suits her personality well i guess like that is i don't know in in a way that can be one of the most like and i suppose this is obvious but that like most potent kind of magic or ability that there is is to be the the goddess of transitions Mm -hmm. and you know these people that are cast aside it's you know sometimes that transition may be death but it could also be like a change in their life Mm -hmm. and through through her will, through her magic, that they're able to, like, move on to something else and join society or, like, find a purpose. And then after that, they wouldn't... It's not that they wouldn't need her anymore, but that there's nothing more that she can offer them. It is... It's about, like, moving through those spaces. Yeah. Well, she could, like, offer you wealth and all kinds of stuff, supposedly, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Maybe, like, because she's kind of... The goddess of like that stuff is why she came to me. She's like, this little witch seems pretty pathetic. Let's see what she's doing. Mm. 
How long ago would that have been? A long time. Yes, yeah. Probably. The phrase you used, you had your hand in a lot of paint buckets. I don't know. You used a weird phrase, something about hand in a lot of paint. So I assumed you were figure painting. <laughs> uh, I was just like trying stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I meant. Okay. And I was probably, it was probably like, I don't know, at least 12 years ago. Okay. Maybe more. Hmm. Why? Figure you've gone through many different changes since then. Yep. Did she ever reappear? Yep. Concerned about that? <laughs> um, I actually, I was like building up to this kind of. Okay. I sorry. wasn't going to mention it this hmm. part, but I was building up to something related. Okay, so we four years ago, four years and like a week, week ago. Yeah. A bit, a week and a bit. Um, we're both looking at the same moon mm-hmm. and like talking about it. I remember <laughs> that was a full moon in Scorpio, and we both have our moon in Scorpio, mm-hmm. which we didn't know that we both had that at the time, but we did. Right. My sister sent us up. <laughs> okay, so. Part of, I think, why you and I connected so much, not only for the reasons I already laid out, but right before that, I had done a really intense lower world journey, like shadow work, but to the point of actually journeying to the lower world to like Mm -hmm. really step into the entire realm of the subconscious. Yeah, And in doing that, which I didn't really, like, have a specific plan. Mm-hmm. I just kind of was going to show up and, like, see what needed to be done, basically. And I got there and, like, was walking around. You know, I always see the lower world in my journeys as... It kind of looks like that one... <laughs> this is so dumb. It kind of looks like that one part of Skyrim where you go, like, <laughs> underground when you're looking oh, okay. for the crimson nern roots. Yeah. And they have, like, like the big glowing mushrooms and everything. Yeah. Looks similar to that. Okay. And I can't really remember all the details of it, but I feel like there's usually, whenever I do shadow work, there's, like, a water element, which I included in the meditation I wrote on shadow work because Mm -hmm. that's how I always seem to visualize it. It's, like, going underwater. Right. And so then when I, like, surface out of this black pool of water, there was not just Hecate, but there was, like, oh, every lunar goddess you could think of, wow. like, all lined up. Yeah. And there, like, when I surfaced, there was a huge, like, full moon behind them all. Hmm. And I was like, what? The- it's underground. The moon, what? Because you're not, like, fully... You're not, like, asleep, you know what I mean? You're, Mm -hmm. like, still... It kind of feels, like, similar to lucid dreaming, I guess. Okay. Except it's more that you have to, like... Well, you do have lucid dreaming, too. Like, you have to maintain your focus so that you don't, like, snap out of it too much. Yeah. It's like looking at a magic eye. What's that? Like, one of those posters where you, like, unfocus your eyes and then a picture. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, yes. (laughs) 
So when I came up and I first like saw the moon and I saw like a female figure standing there, I was like, oh, I recognized it as Hecate. And then I'd like the more I looked, it's like a dream, you know, like it's not right. like you surface and the whole picture is there. You know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it comes to you in pieces yeah. like a dream does. And so, yeah, Hecate. And then there was like all these other lunar deities. I'm not trying to like brag and say that they were all there for me or something. I think it was just that impression of like, it was the full moon. It was the full moon in Scorpio. I was doing like the most Scorpio thing you could possibly do on yeah. the full moon. So like they were already going to be there. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I just yeah. went to where they were already at. I just showed up at a party I didn't know was happening. <laughs> you were another invited entity. Yeah. And interesting, too, that my um, the guide I always find in the lower world is like a wolf, hmm. which is like similar to a dog, obviously. Yeah. It's interesting. Right. Cool. Very lunar associations with that, too, I guess. Hey. Mm-hmm. Wolves, I mean. Yeah, I said that at the start of the episode and you got mad at me. We already did a werewolf episode. That's true. (laughs) So I think like doing that really intense ritual, really, I came out of it just like feeling so powerful and like light and like free and like open and ready for new things. Hmm. Because like, you know, shadow work is... That's what it does for you. It's good for you. Right. You know, you can't put anything new into your, like, box if it's all full of old junk. You clean it out first. Not your box, John! I didn't say anything. You were thinking it. Your closet? Your heart? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it also Not timed out. Yeah, it timed out in such a way that the full moon that we were both looking at was like the end of April, and then our first date was like the first two weeks of May, mm-hmm. which means that it our we saw that full moon together, and then it like finished waning before we actually went on the date. Right. You know. It was a brand new phase. Yeah. Planted that seed at just the right time. Glad we recorded today. Me too. I do like that in in your meditation that you saw all the different like deities and I don't know. I, this is a thought that I have with a lot of our topics. Is I, I like the the parallels. I like the that different aspects of different aspects of deities can show up in the exact same way in completely different parts of the world and with totally different histories. And so I think that really um, validates and, you know, conforms with the way that you have your practice where you don't necessarily need to, like, focus on on the one pantheon or, like, limit yourself. Because I think that, I don't know, that these, like, and again, like, I don't like to use the, the term archetype, but that the, I don't know, these manifestations can be tapped into without 
without a specific practice or can be tapped into with like a very like pointed and repeatable practice or replicable. I'm not quite sure what I'm saying, but. Um, I think it's, I think what you're trying to say is that it kind of speaks to the possibility that all deities are just kind of like characters or like stories built around something that is actually there. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I guess depending on your beliefs, you can choose to believe that that like it's reflecting something about humanity or it can be something beyond that, that it like is an energy. It is magic that we can't fully comprehend. Mm-hmm. That was a good episode, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed myself. Good. Sister Luna says... Find us on Instagram at Sister Luna Podcast, And you can email us your questions, your ghost stories, your complaints, <laughs> whatever you want to share with us at SisterLunaPodcast at gmail.com. And yeah. Find us on the internet. We are on the interwebs. And please enjoy the super blood flower moon in Sagittarius. <laughs> Sister Luna says, Find a dark place where you can shine your light. Make some waves. <laughs>